Seeing as this is the holiday season, we are all in the holiday spirit. Oh, yeah. Tess, there's a song, and it's called The 12 Days of Christmas. Oh, one of my favorites. And you see, Tess, The Rock wants to sing you 12 things that you can look forward to tonight. What? Rock's going to sing here on SmackDown? Oh, boy. And the rock will go slow at first for you, Tess, just so you can understand. It goes like this. On a night, Tess face the great one. This is what he'll see. Wow. <laughs> Twelve sharpshooters stinging. Eleven eyebrows raising. Ten spines a-busting. Nine noggins knocking. Eight kicks a-kicking. Seven punches punching. Six suplex smashing. Five seconds of the people chanting the rock's name. Four rock bottoms, three people's elbows on your two buck teeth, and a kicking all over New Orleans. King, there's only one rock. (laughs) Don't put everybody in the Christmas spirit, except for test. Uh, hello, everybody. Merry Christmas, and welcome to another Bang Bang podcast Christmas cracker. Um, each one of these little fest episodes, I'm joined by a special guest to talk about one of their favourite matches of all time and have a bit of a chat about some of their Christmas faves. Uh, today, I'm joined by Mark at Wrestling Jeebus. Mark, good evening, mate. How's it going? Good evening, mate. It's going very well, thank you. And thank you for having me on. How are you, my friend? Oh, not too bad, not too bad, not too bad. So, Mark, uh, everybody knows Mark's uh, an absolute legend of, of wrestling Twitter. <laughs> if that if that if that is even a thing, I don't think it is. But um, Mark joined us back in uh, back in the autumn for episode ninety four, where we spoke about Unforgiven two thousand and six. Um, which I've completely forgotten about already. By this point. <laughs> I'm sure it was. Uh, it was seen. A, it was a seen an edge. It was, yeah. The, uh, the TLC edge, match. Oh yeah, um, that was good. Main yeah. event. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great episode. So go and check that episode out. Yeah. Um. So uh, we'll, we'll kind of get down to get down to business. So uh, on these episodes, we find out a bit more about our guests' uh, festive faves. So um, we'll start off with the with the big burning question: Is what is your favorite christmas song mark um well i've got a few i think some are quite overplayed now like the mariah carey uh uh-huh. you know one is a bit uh overplayed everywhere you go that seems to be uh that's yeah. what you're playing at the moment but i really like the uh, fairy tale of new york you know by the pogues okay yeah yeah, that, yeah that's one of my uh favorite not an overly traditional one but yeah no i really like that one that's probably my <laughs> my top one i also like the um uh, Last Christmas by Wham. Bit of oh, a yeah. Classical one. Yeah. One yeah. That's quality. Yeah. And driving on for Christmas. Uh, oh, yeah. There. Yeah. No one suggested that yet. So, I mean, maybe we'll have that one at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very Christmas. Yeah. Um, have you seen, Have you? are you Are you aware of his acting career, Chris Rea? Uh Vaguely. Yeah. It's not great, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, what's your favourite Christmas film? It's not one with Chris Rian, is it? No, no, it's not. Um, no, 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 good, okay. It, it's Home Alone. Okay, yeah. Which is, uh, you know, it's a bit of a, 
a weird choice, but yeah, no, I, I feel like Home Alone. It's always on every Christmas. And yes, definitely. From my childhood, and yeah, just I just love it. It's a classic, funny Christmas film. I've seen it about twenty times now. Oh, so good, the yeah. Effect has kind of worn off now. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I love Home Alone. Also, Toy Story as well, but it's not a traditional like Christmassy film, but it's got loads of toys in it, so I always associate it with Christmas, and yeah, it's always on of... around this time. It's funny, isn't it? As, as time goes on people associate some films just because they're on at christmas every year because it used to be like when we were kids you always be james bond film on at christmas yeah so it's always yeah 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 well none of them are particularly festive are they but it's no, always be a james bond film on at christmas i think oh. like the, the great escape and things like that i was always on at christmas and escape to victory was always on at christmas <laughs> <laughs> that's what you want on christmas day some uh nazis being defeated and uh yeah exactly yeah i think i went to the cinema to see home alone when it came out when was that would have been? That would have been early nineties. I would say so. Yeah, early to nineties, yeah. I believe. Yeah. 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 I mean, some of the later ones were pretty, uh, pretty dreadful. Oh, I've the, not gone past. There's, there's quite a few on there. Yeah, I think I, I can remember four. If there's any more than that, then I'm not aware of them. But I've counted four. The first one, obviously, being the classic. Second one wasn't too bad, but then after that, as soon as Macaulay Culkin. Um, wasn't in them anymore it yeah kind of went, went really really downhill yeah i mean the first one's kind of i mean it's not really plausible is it that a family go away on holiday and forget the little <laughs> kids I mean, but to do that twice then uh, <laughs> yeah yeah because what happened the second one the second one donald trump's in second one, isn't he? is that where he gets lost in he gets yeah. um, he lost makes, in new york or, yes it, yeah he makes like a brief cameo appearance doesn't he yeah in his hotel, I believe. It may be, yeah. That would that would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, it makes a bit of cameo in one of the films. Yeah, God. Well, I'm not sure whatever happened to him, but um, <laughs> and then three essentials of a of a Christmas dinner. Right. So I've got uh, traditional pigs in blankets. Mhm. Very delicious, obviously. Yeah. Uh, my second being obviously a traditional Christmas turkey. Mm-hmm. I'll have a turkey at Christmas. Sometimes though, yeah. I don't always have Christmas dinner. I no, had Christmas, I had Christmas pizza last year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah people have got different because what? I think mean, what time people have Christmas dinner at different times, don't they as well? Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, we used to have it probably sort of mid afternoon, sort of two-ish, three-ish, around the same sort of time as the Queen's speech and Top of the Pops and and all that, and then. But get, it's the same as Sunday dinners. I mean, when, I very rarely, I mean, this is completely nothing to do with Christmas. <laughs> but <laughs> if we have a Sunday roast, we normally have it at tea time. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't make sense of an enormous meal in the middle of the day, does it really? No. No. And then you stuff it rest of the day. When I have a big meal, I feel really, really tired, tired and sluggish afterwards. You know, I, I can't really focus on anything after that. I'm always like falling asleep in the chair. So I Yeah. So we just destroyed the myth of Christmas dinner anyway. So. <laughs> have it any time some people exactly. have loads of stuff in the in morning for breakfast don't they and uh yeah exactly. yeah yeah so you have yeah. a big family get together then at the christmas is it a, a small family do or what's well, maybe from doing my job i normally because um uh previously um when the old man was was alive it, it was his birthday on new year's eve so in the in recent years i'd normally try and get new year off and end up working some sort of you know working more over christmas but being a nurse we don't you know you don't get two weeks off at christmas you're kind of working 
if you're not breaking Christmas Day, you'll be breaking Boxing Day or New Year's Day or New Year's Eve. So you don't ever get to fully kind of, you know, like most of my friends have got normal jobs. You know, a couple of my mates were for the MOD. They have about four weeks off for Christmas, yeah. you know, and they you get to fully kind of indulge Christmas, don't you? <laughs> um, but this year, with me being a student, I'm not doing as much at Christmas time. So I'll almost have like a, a normal Christmas period. I'm working in between Christmas and New Year. But when I was yeah. a kid, we'd always do like a big, a big family kind of get together. But as we got older, um, and obviously now I've got my own family, we kind of do sort of a smaller gathering with my wife's family and stuff. And um, uh, how about you? Are you, uh, do you? Do you have a big family do or? Well, it, we have quite a, a small family, me. Um, it's just me and my mum and, and my granddad, really. So it's just yeah. literally the, the three of us. Um, my mum had some health issues uh, earlier this year, which it didn't look like she was even going to make Christmas at, yeah, at some sure. point. But uh, but thankfully now she's, uh, you know, she's on the road to recovery and everything's uh, going in the right direction. So, yeah, it'll just be nice to have a, a small little family get together again with, with just the three of us. I know it sounds yeah. quite, quite simplistic. But yeah, it's those those little things that uh, that you really appreciate. So yeah, little that, family you get together. Yeah, and you do appreciate those as you get a bit older. You know, you learn to appreciate those times a bit more because again, we don't know. You know, obviously we're off to a cheerful note, but my old man uh, died. You know, we always have a big thing at New Year and stuff, and that that always kind of now is like his. Like we used to have uh, like. Because my old man, we used to go to football together. He'd come out drinking with me and the lads and that sort of thing. So he was quite a popular character between me and my whole group of friends. And then as we got older and that kids ourselves, he was still kind of around with us a lot and would always come to mind on New Year's. So we generally have a bit of a celebration, like, you know, in remembrance of him on, on New Year's Eve as well. Oh, yeah. um, but he never really liked particularly like Christmas I think I mean we're getting deep into the fucking woods now but when my <laughs> when my when my parents split up uh like when I was about two or three years I think it was at Christmas time so to him he always kind of associated that with with Christmas so he was never really a big sort of Christmassy person uh we never really showed it we'd always do you know we always do all the stuff over Christmas and I kind of alternate from year to year I go to my dad's one year and then you know be back at my mum's christmas the next year that sort of thing but yeah. we generally see each other boxing day because we always go to football on boxing day okay. so it'd be like christmas day at my mum's and then boxing day we go and watch city if they were home and away and i spent sort of boxing day and new year's day the sort of family those sport days i swim with the old man but yeah well there we are that's uh that's the end of this week's episode of my uh family tree <laughs> <laughs> oh god it's more well, of a psychiatry session than the than it a is, isn't it? Really, yeah, yeah 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 it is yeah yeah it's cheering everybody up uh, over the festive period <laughs> we'll put this one out early before it gets to christmas <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah um but yeah so on these episodes the guest picks uh as a little christmas treat the guests pick one of their favorite matches of all time and uh, what have you picked for us mate I've picked, um, it's incredibly random, but it's uh, Triple H versus <laughs> Shawn Michaels at Armageddon 2002 in the, yeah. uh, in the three stages of hell match. Yeah, uh, yeah. The reason being, um, I got the um, DVD of Armageddon 2001 uh, okay. Christmas back in the, in the mid-2000s, and I remember I just had the, you know, like Christmas dinner and like all the family had, had like had gone, you know, so yeah. just like 
left her alone right with my mum so I remember watching this this DVD and just being quite like content and happy and, and full and just having yeah. a lovely Christmas so I don't know it just has them weird sort of Christmas feelings every time I watch this uh, show back and particularly this match so you know it's not overly good but it brings back a lot of uh, nice memories <laughs> for me so I quite pick that one. <laughs> No, it's been a bit of a theme in a lot of these Christmas shows I've done this year, especially have contained lots of blood. So (laughs) this definitely this definitely follows on that theme. Um, But I was saying to you offer, I don't think I was really kind of following. I was sort of following wrestling online at this point, but I don't think I actually had Sky. So I don't actually, actually ever remember watching this match before you suggested I was aware of it. Um, I was I was the same. Um, I didn't yeah. have Sky at the time either. Um, I had a, a big gap in my wrestling knowledge from when, uh, you know, when it used to be on Channel Four. And it used to have mm. the Sunday Night Heat and the the four pay per views a year, but that finished at the end of uh, two thousand and one. Yeah. And I didn't start um, getting interested again until I went to a neighbour's house in like mid two thousand and three and started watching like the old the old smackdowns and like was it afterburn and bottom yeah. line so like the recap shows they had on, on sky and, and that's how I've managed to to get myself back into it and then I just followed it online until I you know got sky and, and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I remember being aware of I might have seen SummerSlam this year, but um I remember being aware of sort of Shawn Michael was coming back and which at this point would look like it was never you know, back in when he retired in what was it, ninety eight? Ninety eight. It was WrestleMania. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So it was four years he was gone for, and I think I mean I was definitely under the impression that he was never, never coming back. Mm. Especially an injury of that sort of magnitude and everything that happened in between. And yeah, you would, you would, you know, certainly assume so. But as he said, came back and was, you know, pretty. Pretty incredible, especially his first match back at SummerSlam uh, 2002 with Triple H. That, uh, that yeah. unsanctioned match, that was um, that was quite incredible. Then he had the Survivor Series um, Elimination Chamber match. I was going to pick that one, but he had them awful okay. brown. Um, remember them oh, yeah, brown that's trousers? what I was going to say, yeah. When he came back, <laughs> he had the sort of cowboy boots and the brown yeah. trousers and that sort of short hair, didn't he, as well? He looked yeah, sort of I was odd. Pick- I was going to pick that match, but I didn't want to put you through the uh, the hell of seeing him uh, like that. So I picked uh, the, the month after. <laughs> but I was, I mean, I mean, I think that was kind of part of the. They played that into part of the storyline, wouldn't it? He's come back as Shawn Michaels, and they talk about it in this match quite a lot. He's come back as Shawn Michaels, not as back as the as a heartbreak kid. Exactly. Yeah. I'm yeah. watching one of the um one of the Raws after the. Uh, Survivor Series um, leading up to the pay-per-view and he did this really weird promo where he was saying like oh I'm not my former self and I'm not as good as I used to be and, and you know I, I'm, I'm a shell of my former self not up to my old standard and he's like you've just won the title last night yeah, yeah. people don't want to hear this don't want to hear the old sort of you know heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels he was just like really sour and downbeat it was very very odd very bizarre so. yeah but I suppose it was strange because you know he went in through a lot of lot of changes in his life around that period, yeah. didn't he? And he came back as a like a almost like a born again Christian, wasn't he? When yes. he came back, um, yeah. and was never I don't think he was ever heal. Did he ever heal again? I, I don't think, think he was, so. was he? Up until he retired. No, I don't, I think, don't he was. think so. There was that brief period which I think people sort of you know one of those storylines which gets forgotten quite rightly. When he'd uh, he'd gone bankrupt, you remember that? Oh yeah, with JBL. <laughs> he was working with JBL. <laughs> yeah, good lord. That was so uh, bizarre. 
Yeah. How did he yeah. get bankrupped? I can't remember. Did he? I don't know. He made some bad business decisions, did he? And then uh, <laughs> he ended up working as JBO sort of uh, manservant. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What was that? 2009? It was say. in between the Undertaker matches, wasn't it? Because I think it might have been after the might have been after the first Undertaker match before the like in between the Undertaker matches maybe oh right oh was it I think, yeah it might have been the build up to his his retirement match yeah I think he was. yeah I think so yeah yeah but well anyone if I brought back any memories of that story like, I do apologise and we all forget about <laughs> that story like, <laughs> I don't think it's one of Shawn Michaels probably not his uh, his high points in his career that storyline but uh, yeah so this match um, a three stages of hell match uh, and it's a slightly strange order for three stages of hell, isn't it? Because we've got uh, like a street fight and then a cage and then a ladder match. Yeah, very, very gimmicky. Usually you start off with like a that's like a singles match and then incorporate the, the gimmick matches um, from there. But yeah, starting off with a, a street fight, then a cage, then the eventual ladder match. Very, very peculiar. But I, I loved it, mate. I just I thought it was lots, lots of violence, lots of weapons. I, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, so immediately, so uh, Triple H comes down with Ric Flair, and Ric Flair gets sent to the locker room immediately, which I found quite strange in a, in a street fight. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you'd have anybody out there, couldn't you, really? Yeah. Um, but Flair looks really, I mean, this is 20 years ago, so I thought Flair looked really young, but I suppose he was probably, what, 20 years ago, he was probably in his, what, mid-50s, probably? So he probably, when he was quite, I looked young 20 years ago, mate. So, um, but Ric Flair, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but he gets sent to the back straight away, and then yep. um, uh, we, we get going. Yeah. So again, like you said, there's lots of sort of weapons like trash can lids and stuff like that in there, and chairs, and for the first fall. Exactly. I was listening to the because um, to release these, you know, that's something to wrestle with podcast. Yeah. With Bruce Pitcher, yeah. they released one today, and it was actually on um, Armageddon 2002. This show. Okay. Oh wow! Well, yeah, really, it been. Yeah, yeah, it's roughly 20 years ago. Um, yeah. So they uh, released the um, uh, a podcast on it, and I, I didn't yeah. know what Bruce Pitchhead was saying how much that Vince hated Ric Flair during this time. You know, like his promos and his over the top nature. So he kept trying to get yeah. Ric Flair to sort of like sort of like dial it down a bit, saying, "Oh, you know, you're too over the top. You're too brash. You're supposed to be a lot calmer now." Like, Vince McMahon, you're telling someone else that they were too over the yeah. top, you're having a laugh. Well, we covered them. Um some i think oh we cover the show from whatever the the, the rule from manchester remember the first ever live rule from manchester um we covered that on a, on a previous show and that was like when orton had just left evolution so you still had flair batista and triple h in evolution oh yeah and he that's when he cut a promo on that or it, it, i think it was on that show like the week before that but it was leading into that show where he cut a promo about it was on raw and he cut like an unscripted promo about um, Randy Orton being a virgin, and he was used to making virgins bleed and things like that. And it was, oh yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think I remember hearing back at the time that Vince wasn't uh, overly, <laughs> wasn't overly oh, impressed yeah. by that. Well, I can see why now. <laughs> so he didn't, yeah. So obviously Flair didn't really take that advice on board uh, <laughs> going forwards from this. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that, the the first fall is, is lots of weapons and uh, and eventually I did when I was watching that I was like, why are the, why is the why is the sort of entrance way flames and stuff? Um, 
and then we work out later on why why, why it was flames. But Triple H is sort of selling an injury as well, and he's like a little bandage on his on his leg. He has, yeah. Um, but there's the all the kind of thing about you know the build up was I mean, in Lawler keeps mentioning it in the in the in the match. This isn't like HBK. It's it's just Shawn Michaels. It's just Shawn Michaels. Like he can't he can't win. Um, but the uh, yeah, so the first fall is uh, so they end up on on the on the entrance way, and Triple H pulls out a two by fire covered in barbed wire to use. Yep, and yeah. then it, it takes it one step further by lighting it on. Lighting it up, fire. yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, and you never those things never generally get used today in these matches. When that happens, it's like I remember Foley doing it before in a match, and I didn't think he actually he lit it up but it was like yeah it never actually got used but this eventually does get used kind of yeah what i love the um as you you just mentioned i love the the set for this show as well you know like the unique entrance stage yeah yeah that they have i love them i wish they'd bring them back i know it's like all yeah led screen stuff now but I, it just makes the the show feel a lot more special to me seeing all like that like unique stage and actual physical props that you can use and the wrestlers can interact with i love, I love that sort of stuff I yeah, yeah, and when we went to the um, to, when we went to Clash at the Castle, that kind of had a bit more of a feel, like the entrance and that. And uh, I know they did all the sort of, you know, they added on the the graphics, don't they, when people come out and stuff. But the yeah. the sort of walkway and that, and it looked, you know, the whole sort of castle vibe of the the thing going on. That that was quite good. Yeah. But they, they don't seem to do that, do they? Really, these days, the the specialists. Set. That was the one thing about playing the. I I, yeah, I used to play some of the. WWE games and stuff, and being able to make the arenas or use the arenas for specific pay-per-views yeah, was always good exactly. fun, wasn't it? Yeah, I, know, I love that. Like in, um, I think it was like SmackDown, shut your mouth, where you could jump off of the giant SmackDown fist. Yeah, the fist. I, yeah, I love that sort of stuff. I really miss that. But yeah, time change, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, but so Shawn Michaels used uses the flaming barbed wire two by four and makes Triple H bleed. Uh, so that's the first, the first blood loss of the match. <laughs> but Triple H wins the first fall, didn't they? Yes. Of course, in, in a two out of three falls match, the heel always wins the first fall. Exactly. Pretty much. Yeah. Routine. Yeah, yeah. So then we get the uh, like a brief break, and um, and the cage yeah. comes down for the steel cage match. But yeah. Triple H starts loading the ring for the chairs, which is a good uh, a good plan. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but after. In terms of the actual like cage match, itself, I think it's probably the weakest one of the falls for me. Yeah, I like, yeah. I like, the, I like the street fight and the ladder match. Obviously, I'd like the the big ending. Um, but the cage match, I mean, it was it was fun, but as, as a cage match on its own, obviously nothing overly special. It was yeah. it was fun for for what it was. Oh yeah, because sort of halfway through the uh, after the, the cage match, uh, Flair makes his way back down to the ring again, and obviously if, if you've got Ric Flair. And a cage. Well, Ric Flair in any kind of main event, there's one thing you're guaranteed, which is lots of lots of blood, exactly. lots of blood. And in this match, there's a, a lot of blood. So he ends up, you know, getting in the getting in the cage, Flair, doesn't he? And before that, but he sets some tables up outside the cage as well. He does, yeah. He's yeah, crazy, yeah. isn't he? Not just me. He's like he's, he's a, like, a madman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, but yeah, I thought he looked sort of physically he didn't look didn't look too bad at this point there yeah um, okay i remember seeing like um i think there was something on wwe network where they interviewed him about his time um 
like Jerry when he came back in like 2002. And he said yeah. he had like no confidence. His confidence was short. You know, he, he just kept thinking that he wasn't his former self and he, he couldn't have matches up to the same standard. But as you said, I thought he looked in quite good physical condition and he, you know, yeah, holds his own. In I mean, I think that time. that time period when he came back and he was a GM for a bit, wasn't he? And then it wasn't long after that where he ended up getting involved in matches and actually wrestling again. And then what? sort of a year after coming back as a GM, he was wrestling the fucking Undertaker at WrestleMania. <laughs> so it's like, I'm not feeling too confident myself. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll put you in uh, one of the main events of uh, WrestleMania and uh, Arn Anderson can get involved. I quite, actually, I quite like that match. That is, a, I might good. go back and watch that match. It's a good match. Yeah. It's a good match. Consider a lot of his Undertaker matches until you get to the later stages of the streak yeah. are not that good are they at Wrestlemania no and that one doesn't really get talked about enough in, in my opinion no. it's, it's, it's a good match obviously it's, you know it's nothing compared to like the Shawn Michaels uh, stuff yeah. and some of the Triple H ones but uh, yeah that one uh, yeah, very underrated uh, underrated yeah. watch I would say yeah so stop this and go, go watch yeah, watch, watch Rick versus The yeah. Undertaker go watch a better match watch than it. I suggested watch <laughs> a different match but yeah Flair <laughs> makes his way into the ring and then ends up uh, gushing severely yeah. Um and Triple H uh, and Shawn Michaels uh gets a second fall. Um and then we're onto a ladder match and that was the whole thing. It was like, oh well, you know, Triple H is gonna dominate and he's gonna win the win the first two falls. But if it does get to the third fall, then it's gonna be Shawn Michaels' speciality, the ladder match. Yeah. So obviously, you know, Shawn Michaels is gonna win that. Um but yeah, so the the the, the uh the cage goes up. And we haven't got long left. I was looking, I was watching, the, when I was watching this, I was like, actually, there's only sort of seven or eight minutes left when we get to the, uh, when we get to the uh, the actual ladder match. Yeah, it goes quite quick. Well, yeah. I mean, you've, yeah. You've got three separate matches in, in one. Like, yeah. yeah. So it's in like, what, half an hour. So ten, yeah. Ten yeah. minutes roughly. So, yeah. Yeah. And um, by the end, they're both bleeding as well. So, um, but yeah, so this is, you know, 2002. So, Eventually, Triple H is going to end up back with a title. Yeah, as his reign of terror um, just just begun. So, but I think I, I remember listening before, but I, I don't think the plan when Shawn Michaels came back. I think it went better than they expected. I don't think the original plan was him to come back for good. Yeah, I, I, it's a it's a good job he came back. To be fair, because it was quite a, a transition phase during that time when you take a step back and think about it. I mean, what the lost Austin and and the rock so they had to yeah. rely on you know like Shawn michaels coming back and then the new guys emerging through like you know brock lesnar who was you know getting quite uh quite big at that time john cena just emerging and you know guys like batista as well sort of coming through so yeah the it was a, a real transition phase for them in this uh they yeah needed, yeah needed like star wars like um Shawn michaels coming back and returning to sort of like hold the fort really yeah yeah so we kind of when we get to the end, so we get the the, the final four of the of the cage match was Michael's coming off the top rope of off the top and going through Triple H on the on the table. And then when we get to the ladder match, he gets on top of the ladder, but he gets the ladder, the ladder sort of in the corner and he tries to sort of splash Triple H mm-hmm. off the top of the ladder and misses. Yeah. Uh, which gives Triple H upper hand. There's some real like sort of like crazy high spots, you know, for these two. I, I yeah. find it quite uh, an entertaining sort of like high spot, uh, little spot fest. Um, yeah, opinion. considering, the, yeah, the, the two guys, I mean, I don't know whether that injury Triple H is selling in this is legitimate on his leg. I mean, 
Probably not, you know. Apparently, quite gullible. Apparently, according to Bruce Pritchard, it was yes. Yeah. Apparently, he was suffering like a a genuine injury, and they didn't want him uh, to wrestle a match of this length, but he insisted on it. So, um, okay, they wanted it to be a lot shorter than what it actually turned out to be. Yeah, so. yeah. So really, they're both. Shawn Michaels just come back from serious injury, and Triple H has got an injury. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, the finishes. It looks like Michaels is going to get the going to get the belt. Ladder in the middle of the ring. Triple H comes in and pushes him off the ladder. Well, pushes him and the ladder over the over the ring, and he goes. Michaels takes that quite savage looking bump through two tables on top of each other, doesn't he? And I, uh, I love I love these sorts of bumps. I don't know. I just think even watching it now, I just think, oh my god, it just it looks insane. I know you've seen him like in TLC matches previous and whatnot, but yeah. every time I see it, it just always looks so sort of graphic to me. So yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. And this he goes through the goes through the tables and Triple H Triple H wins the title. So I, I was trying to think earlier on who did Triple H actually lose the title to after Armageddon 2002. Let's have a look. Was it? It wouldn't have been. Was it Goldberg or someone like that? Or, oh yeah, it might have been. Uh, it might have been Goldberg. Goldberg came into 2002, didn't they? I oh, think. He came in 2003. I think. Did he? Memory. Unforgiven 2003. Oh, yeah. Is, yeah. So this is obviously the end of 2002. Yeah. Isn't it? So this would be. Because um, that was bad. That time. That sort of timeline of when Triple H was feuding with. Scott Steiner and oh, no, Kevin oh. Nash and I mean <laughs> that was a bad okay I definitely wasn't watching wrestling then no, um that was a bad time but I think it gets a bit of a when we the show this come out just before we've recorded this one we talk about Armageddon 2000 and uh that was kind of 2000 was Triple H's big year with everybody being but with um Austin being out for most of the year fully retiring um the rock being in and out of the movies that sort of thing that was a whole year of triple h being in the main event scene being champion on and off being the top heel uh you know feuding with people like angle and you know that was his that was probably his his big year triple h just being the his first year as being the being almost the man yeah exactly i, I wanted the i wanted to um to talk about the hell in the cell match but Given the fact that you've just um, yeah, actually reviewed it. Did you enjoy that much? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I loved watching it. I watched it live. It was one of the very few um, yeah, sort of like wrestling childhood memories I've got watching that uh, that much live on Channel Four. Yeah, it was uh, on Channel Four, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. One yeah. of my favourites still to this day. Yeah, it is. I think it gets overshadowed by the by the bump. Yeah. Because that's the what everybody issue. remembers, isn't it? Exactly, but it's just carnage. People forget like they have like cars in the um uh, in the entranceway and stuff, and like you know, people yeah. like windows are getting smashed and all sorts. I love that sort of like chaos, just sort of like hecticness going around. I love that sort. Yeah, I think myself and CPS may have been slightly harsh to Rikishi on that <laughs> on that show because we were like, you've got five, you know, Hall of Famers. I actually, Rik- is Rikishi in the Hall of Fame? Ooh. He'll go in, won't he? If he's yeah. not in already. Yeah. yeah. But you've got five real, and that that kind of main event, that run, sort of cemented angle as being a being a top man. Um, and then you had, and you had Rikishi, um, who wasn't quite at the same the same level. And we we, 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 we kind of looked at what happened after that. And he, I think he had a good run in the Rumble of uh, 2001. But after that, he was he was kind of sliding his way 
back down to the mid I literally couldn't remember. He, had, he teamed up with Haku for a bit, and they were a tag team. Can you remember that? No, I remember Haku. No, 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 no. I can remember that. At the no. Rumble, uh, like yeah. 2001, but I can't remember him being a tag team. Yeah, they were a tag team. Yeah, Steve Pearson oh. confirmed that. I, I was like, that, that didn't happen. I can't remember that. <laughs> no recollection of that at all. He was like, no, it definitely happened. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so, but mate, it's been a pleasure talking about this, uh, this show. And, and it's, it's one of the, privileges of doing these little individual shows and a lot of these matches i've not seen before um and going back and watching that it was what i like say it was over half an hour but it was enjoyable um yeah. definitely and there's two guys uh triple h probably almost at his best and, and michael's coming back and at the time we didn't ever think that was going to happen so for him to come back at this level was amazing exactly no i, I really appreciate it yeah i yeah. enjoyed the match yeah it got to live one of me nice uh Childhood Christmas memories, so thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And we got to talk about my family, <laughs> family <laughs> issues as well. So <laughs> all the bases covered. Mate, oh, Mark, thank you very much. Always a pleasure. And hopefully we'll get you back on for another episode when the show comes back in uh, sort of springtime next year. Once I've re- been off to the beach for six weeks to Dubai to rejuvenate and uh, recuperate and uh, do my cold uh, cold weather training. Uh, <laughs> i'll be studying my ass off probably at university but but yeah, yeah. mate always a pleasure thank you very much no thank you mate always a pleasure honor and a pleasure so thank you so much for having me on mate really appreciate it excellent right we'll play out with uh what we're we gonna play out? we're gonna play it with fucking chris rio aren't we yeah we'll play it with chris rio because no one else has picked that yet. yeah yeah uh, driving in for christmas don't go and watch any of his films <laughs> um i was trying to think what well, he was in one film where i think there was a scene with two dogs having sex Go and look out. That's uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. And go and see if you can find the film <laughs> which Chris Rear was in, which featured a scene with two dogs having sex. And we'll leave you on that bombshell with Driving Over Christmas uh, by Chris Rear. And we'll be back tomorrow for another Bang Bang Christmas Cracker. Merry Christmas and take care. Bye bye. Faces
sign 